0: Welcome to Q&A, A A Deeper Dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Hey, I'm Mark, and I'm sitting here with Sam, and this is A Deeper Dive, as we said. But uh, we're going to look at this week's sermon and kind of dig a little bit deeper into the content. Last week, we looked at how to be a friend, how to be a real friend, um, and you start by being a friend. This week, it's How to Love Your Enemies. How to Love Your Enemies. And Sam, I want to welcome you. How are you doing today? I am great, Mark. Thanks. And we are, I didn't say the scripture. We're in Romans 12. Again, this is kind of a question podcast, and it's it's based on your questions. So if you'll text the word question to 96123, we will uh, try to answer those questions. We have a couple good ones this week. I want to always remind you to like, share, share all the things you would do with the podcast normally, tell others. We have a good number of you listening to us and we're kind of uh the goal was to do this over the summer and sam and i are discussing with some other staff about whether we keep going yes so we're about to hit the anniversary
1: series we have some guest speakers in and so that that makes it a little more complicated for the podcast but then we're going to be jumping back into romans and so y'all can let us know again through like sharing commenting or even just shooting an email to sam at first mckinney and saying hey this is helpful keep doing
0: it or uh if you don't then um, that's and, right And I was asked this week We're going to go all the way through Romans Yes and, and try to finish it before Christmas So we hope you'll uh, sit tight through the 150 years Celebrate it We have a couple different speakers coming in um, from our past We might even do uh, one of those game shows Guess who the speaker is That kind of <laughs> thing As they come in And then we'll we'll finish out Romans But we have a couple uh of good questions today about loving your enemies We've you said a couple of
1: questions a couple of times that were good but we have we have many more than a couple of questions does that mean we the do. other ones weren't good we
0: do in my vocabulary couple means lots okay okay <laughs> so, <there you. laughs> but sometimes couple can mean two. you just got to hang out with me long enough to okay. figure out what it is yeah, but similar um i i do want to tell you if you want to go watch last week's or listen to last week's sermon FirstMcKinney.com slash on-demand is that. And again, those questions I said just a little bit ago, but questions to 96123, you'll get a prompt, and then we'll go there. But let's start out with kind of mapping out last week's sermon. Uh, We were in Romans 12, 14 through 21, Loving Your Enemies. Sam, take it from there. Yes. So Paul, as he teaches
1: us, what does it look like for us to now live in response to the mercy of god right in view of god's mercy we offer our bodies as a living sacrifice he talked about loving our friends and finding those genuine friends by truly being a friend who loves right we talk, that's where we were in our podcast last week this week loving our enemies and That's not easy, right? And some of the questions that y'all sent in, awesome questions, but it's wrestling with this issue of what does it really look like to love our enemies? And in this context, even what Paul's writing to, not just an enemy physically, but even usually one spiritually that believes different things. And he says at the end of these verses, what I believe is his really summary main point, he says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. With good, And so we kind of said the main point is to defeat evil. That's literally the word overcome, conquer. It's a military term. Defeat evil, not by returning evil for evil. You defeat evil by doing good. If you respond to an enemy in like, if they're doing something bad to you, you do bad back, then that means you really lost. He said to to win, really, to defeat evil, you do good. And then he got specific on what that looks like. Uh, he talked about advocacy for a person to bless them, not curse them. He talked about empathy to weep with those who weep, to to rejoice, even if your enemy is going through a good time if you're you're you, you rejoice with them. So empathy, humility not not looking at yourself more highly than you ought but stepping down and caring for the lowly humility and then charity to really do not not just to to think or to say good things about others not just to feel the empathy word but actually to do good to your enemies. And so really challenging, challenging, challenging thoughts. And then I shared the, the coolest part of the study for me last week was seeing, he says, by so doing you will heap burning coals on your head. And I, I used to think that that was like, oh, sweet. And now they're going to feel guilty because I, I did good when they did bad. And I thought that's what that meant. And then you look at the context, that's not what Paul, I mean, it's not his heart in any of that. And so uh, then I looked at well he said well God's going to repay so maybe that means the burning coals of judgment and then when I ended up reading and studying it we saw that there was a, a apparently at this time in Egypt it was a ritual of showing repentance that you put burning coals on your head so if we li- live this way people will repent That's I think it's saying I think it's saying if we really overcome evil by doing good defeat evil by doing good what we're going to get to see is not winning arguments necessarily but winning people
0: people turning to follow christ so that was summary i uh the point i like you brought out was the humility and that the way you talked about the opposite of pride is how we often think of humility but it's something different but you were missing two key illustrations and i didn't i didn't prep you ahead of this the one i think you should have brought justin up on the stage to demonstrate winning and losing and arm wrestled him oh do you think you can beat justin i'll just ask you point blank in an arm wrestling because i think i can set this up
1: well because i just taught on humility i can't give you the real answer because he does
0: play the guitar a lot if we if we go with his <laughs> strumming arm as holly love <laughs> said yesterday if we go with his strumming arm i think he would beat you
1: uh- I, I think you're probably right, for the record. And he yeah. might just beat you just in general. but In, in life, I think w- w- Justin beats me. So. But
0: the other one is to to have a Festivus moment and bring everyone up there and just air our grievances and just list our enemies. I think that would have been a... That, a, that
1: would kind of, yeah. That, then, then we could just practice loving those people that we said out loud. Too. Correct, correct.
0: But um, <laughs> it kind of leads us into our first question, just kind of having a little fun there. But um, as we dig deeper, and we got... Seriously, we got a lot of questions, a couple in my vocabulary, but we got a lot of questions this week, and they were all kind of related, at least most of them related in the main way. So I'll start with the first one, and it's a longer question, but just the first of it. So there's a fine balance between defeating evil by doing good and standing up against evil. And they they went on about what's the right time to stand up, what's the right time to stop. So where is that line? between standing up for for what you believe morally right and you know just doing what is good, loving your enemies. See, oh, so good.
1: I love that people have asked this question because it is the question that this kind of a text will prompt. And as you just preach through the Bible, frankly, what we're doing right now as you preach through the Bible, it pushes you to preach things that you normally wouldn't preach, but it also is not all the Bible has to say about the issues. And so we did mention... Last week, right, in verse 9, even close to this context, it says, let love be genuine, and then it says, abhor what is evil. So as it's teaching on love, it says we're supposed to hate something, right? And that is evil. Let love be genuine. Part of genuine love is you hate what is evil and you hold fast to what is good. That's what he says in Verse nine, and so there are many other places in the Bible that talk about what does it look like for us to stand up for what we believe. Paul talked about in chapter seven that he was having trouble even doing that in his own life. I hate what I do. I don't want to do what I do, but sin's living in me and it's doing it and whatever, and he's wrestling in his own life, right? You we're with talking falling.
0: very fast during that.
1: Yes, that's that is the I think the hardest passage in the Bible to memorize, especially for dyslexic people. That I don't want to do it. I do it. I hate what I do, and it's living <laughs> in so me that does. Yes. So. Okay. Yes. So I think each one of these situations is situational. Uh, Christians are not called to approve. That's end of Romans chapter one of sin. Right. That's where we are never called to say yes. It is good for you to do bad, but uh, the the general line that's often used is love the sinner, hate the sin, right? And that is what the Bible teaches, but that gets complicated, right? And that's what some of these questions uh, that were were texted in uh, saying. So I'm going to read, actually, if, I, if that's cool, even yeah, a little yeah, longer. So, so if there's a fine balance between defeating evil by doing good and standing up against evil, there comes a time when doing good means standing up against what is evil. How do we respectfully stand up against the evil? There's so much going the wrong way, locally, statewide, and nationally. In fact, it points to politics, which is where Paul was going to go in chapter 13. So after anniversary series, don't leave us, come back. It's going to be awesome anniversary series too, by the way. But as we see, Paul's going to even talk as he tells us to respond to even much more corrupt government than our own in Rome. As much going on wrong locally, statewide, nationally, we as Christians must stand up for what is biblically right. Absolutely. The question is, when you're standing up for what's biblically right, are you doing it in a way that is fighting for people, advocacy? Are you doing it in a way that's empathy, that you're genuinely joining people in what's going on in their life with humility, right? Not not thinking more of yourself. You're actually thinking of the good of the other person as you're doing it, and with charity, literally doing good to the other. Uh, Our culture is encouraging the opposite. And any time that you disagree with someone, you're tempted to go the other way, Christians don't do that, right? Christians stand up in love, right? Often that looks like Jesus. It looks sacrificial. It ultimately ends up looking like the person's losing as they lay their life down for the good of the other. Jesus never, never compromised his moral teaching. But he was ready to give up himself for the good of the other. So it's situational. It's, it's a, right. You can't point to. Uh, so th- th- would love some practical ideas. Another question. Someone yeah. texted in. Would love some practical ideas.
0: In fact, you, you you read that one. No, no, no. Well, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, they they wrote in. Would love some practical ideas for teaching, for standing for truth, and loving people who disagree. Love. Uh, I'm sure they meant loving people. But uh, we love people, but don't affirm sin. How do we do that? Yep. And then the next question, I'm going to read
1: this next one because, again, very similar question, and I'm going to let you respond next, okay, Mark? Well, right. Yes. How how do you keep advocacy from looking like support and approval for sin? Again, another very similar question. What are your thoughts?
0: Well, I think, uh, again, I'm not the expert in the room. It's you. But <laughs> I would Whatever. say uh, what I have found most interesting about this part of Romans as we've been studying it is uh, it's very practical. In its, in its teaching, in its action, but there's an element to it I hadn't thought of till we start studying it, that the Holy Spirit comes in here. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say, I'm going to take a little caveat right here. You started your sermon about talking about social media, mm-hmm. and I think many of these issues don't need to be dealt with on social media. Mm. I think it's harder. You can be a friend. I, I help with the online sermons services each week. And we've developed some deep relationships. Some of you listening have even started online and come here. However, that online space, it's hard to really express who you are other than just in words. And you kind of need that face-to-face relationship with some of these issues that are tough. And I think it's hard to take them on in the social media atmosphere. So I would be careful with that. But back to the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit will guide you in that. And the closer your walk is to God, the closer the Holy Spirit is to you. Not a correct theological statement there, but you get what I'm trying to say from the practical standpoint. And there's some guidance to that. I think we were saying, it. I'm going to let you take this one. But Bruce, uh, over at um, Christ Fellowship, he wrote a book and he kind of talked about the two points. Mm -hmm. We were talking ahead of time before we started do you remember they were affirm and yes and accept and accept and i think that's the two key words there and you can go back and see some of sam's teaching other teaching here about affirming and accepting and they're two totally different things and it, it you know it's some of its vocabulary there but they really are two totally different actions and i think there's some of that so one
1: of the questions uh, again the uh, one of the ones I read to you, give practical ideas. Here's a very specific question that was sent in, and it says, I have a transgender sibling. Their pronouns are a big source of conflict for us. It is more loving, uh, is it more loving to use their pronouns for peace so I can share the gospel or to stick with their original pronouns and stir conflict, right? So they're asking very specific situation here. Um, when we talk about the word accept and affirm, that's, that's something the LGBT community right now, uh, those words are talked about a lot. And here's the tension in that. Like in, in Romans, we're commanded to accept one another like Jesus has accepted us. We are not better, right? We, we accept people in love right that's how we win people we accept them to affirm in Romans chapter 1 it, it tells us uh, do not affirm people who are pursuing sin and so that that the accept yes we're commanded to do that affirm no we cannot affirm that's loving though and so where is the environment where is the conversation your point about social media i think is an important one like are are we presenting a positive loving uh, which if we will be if we're, we're advocates, empathy, humility, charity, as Paul was teaching this week, loving face on social media, or are we uh, looking like we're attacking people? or The out group is a, a one of the, the words right now. The person that's not in my group, they are wrong. Now the question becomes then, are you saying they, the person, is bad, or are you saying I disagree with what you're teaching because that's not helpful for you? So, that question, specific question, I would say so many of these are situational. Your words, Holy Spirit. I've had a very similar situation with someone very close to me who's asked me to call them gay, and we went to this long conversation where I was like, hey, I love you, and I, I, I want to be able to use the words that you want to use. I want you to understand what I believe about identity, and you're, you're asking me to use, in my words, an identity. So we had the whole conversation, and for, for that situation for me, I think it became the loving thing for me to do was actually to refer that person as gay, even though th- they now knew what I believed, and they knew that I believed it not because I thought I was better, but because I loved them and I wanted what was best for them, and uh, that was just my understanding of what would lead them that way. And so it, can you really, with the context of because I love you, I want you to hear this, Can how, how do you get to that point? And I think it's situational, spirit driven, directed, the accepting, affirming. We do not accept we accept the person, we do not affirm the sin.
0: And it's it's honestly it's situational, not just on that issue. Yep. They could write in ten different again, you can write in questions nine, six, one, two, three, ten, twelve, a dozen different issues, and we've got staff members dealing with issues. Mm-hmm. And all of them, there's personalities and we're human. So therefore, we can't answer those directly. It's more, we just hope through prayer, through guidance, you will make the right choice, mm-hmm. uh, and, and make some wise choices. Um, uh, my, my dad always said to me, you do the right thing. Yes. And you'll know what the right thing is. You do the right thing. Yep. Um, which is not a scripture in there, but uh, it's my dad's scripture, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you'll know in the moment, what the right thing is and how to handle that. And the way we know, and
1: there's, again, some of the questions, I'm looking at another one. We're not going to be able to hit all of these today. But one of the questions is talking about the misinformation on social media. I think one of the ways you know what's right, in fact, the only way to know what's right, is not just to listen to the messages that are coming at you from your friend group right? We've got to get in the Word of God and listen to Him first, and not just those who are surrounding us, because we usually surround ourselves with people that think the like and the right and the whatever and think the other is wrong and whatever. That's why we've got to be in the Word of God to know what is true and so that we can live and love like Jesus, not necessarily live and love like our friend. Um, And those can look different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Again, all the questions dealing with this, and and I I think we have time for about two more. But let me ask this: they they asked. We've been talking about loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. This person asked, given the amount of misinformation you were just talking about, that how would you encourage us to defend? while also caring for our relationships. So it's it's this is more on the defense. Uh, kind of loving your neighbors is more on the offense. Uh, we're about to be in football season, so those <laughs> words are fresh on my 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 son is getting his football helmet in a couple days. But um, kind of how do we defend that truth? Yes. So back to what I was saying about the Bible, I do think
1: now more than ever, Christians have got to be, Grounded themselves individually in truth, and that starts with the spiritual disciplines. The great book that I read uh, now a few weeks ago, "Live No Lies," uh, speaking at the needs that we as believers we we've got to be in prayer, we've got to be in the Word, uh, we've got to be fasting, we we've got to be confessing our own sin, we've got to be in community, the church that God has called us to, uh, we we've got to be engaged in serving others when we're doing that, then our, our grounding is in Christ, and we're not defending ourselves as much as we're defending Jesus. And there's a different, the, the different posture. We're going to fight uh, in negative ways if we feel like we need to defend who we are, right? Uh, that's, that, and then we'll lose, right? We defeat evil by doing good and defending Jesus, not us. I don't know if that's even the, the way the question was intended to be written, but that we've got to be, and that, that's going to come through the spiritual disciplines, you being engaged in Christian community.
0: They end it with standing up for truth. And mm-hmm. I think here's here's the amazing thing, just to bring the gospel into it. Jesus uh, won the battle, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, he, he will stand up for us. You know, now that's not, we don't back down from who we are, but you know, it's also using the Holy Spirit to know when to fight, uh, to know when to hold them to know when to walk away to know when to run yeah <laughs> uh, sounds familiar for some reason it is it um, should be a worship uh, it. just wrap it up song. with uh, uh, <laughs> and and our very first question kind of talked about locally statewide nationally things that are happening but this question came in from someone if the government is making evil decisions sounds like they're watching certain news channels out there um and playing them a lot but if if governments If the government is making evil decisions, and I guess that's not just the U.S. government, that's any government, right? local, national, um, international, um, shouldn't Christians speak out? Good question. So we are going to see,
1: hang with us, we're going to see in chapter 13, and if you want to cheat and read ahead, that can be part of your spiritual disciplines this week of getting into God's Word. Chapter 13, Paul's going to speak into us responding to the government and what does that look like and then he'll say verse one let every person be subject to governing authorities for there is no authority except from god he'll go on to talk more about that does that mean that we support the government if they are doing something sinful no (laughs) just like you don't support your friend if they're doing something sinful but you love your friend you still submit to the government and so how do those things go together We're going to look at it. I cannot wait to dig into what Paul's going to say.
0: So, let me hit the pause button and kind of map out a little bit of where we're going from here. So, uh, it's been a great summer. Uh, Sam and I have enjoyed this. I know you got to hear Ryan and Justin and Chris and others, and we're trying to figure out how to get others involved with this. We're not sure uh, if we'll do this over the anniversary um, series, which is called Generation to Generation. But this coming up Sunday, it's actually a prayer Sunday. So, we hope you'll join us if you're local you'll join us for that. Uh, and if not, you'll join us in prayer from wherever you're at. And then from there, we have about five weeks of celebrating. It's, we talked about it, but this church is 150 years old, which is pretty amazing. And I was thinking the other day, I've been here, uh, in this church for about 40 some odd years of my life. So, uh, 120 of it, I don't know much about, but the other 40 or, well, I can't do the math, 110, uh, I don't know much about, but I've been here for a while, and I'm looking forward to this. We have three different—Sam's going to bookend it, Mm -hmm. and then we have three different speakers coming up, kind of, uh, who is this from the past? Yeah, Chris Stoll, who was Well, you're going to reveal the secret (sighs) right here? Yes. Well,
1: I think y'all need to know, like, some of the— the greatest Christian leaders that I have gotten to know are actually part of the history of our church. And well, thank you. Thank you for that. You're one of them, my friend, (laughs) that humility thing. I got to go back to that. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Uh, Yeah, so we'll get to hear from Chris Stoll and get to hear from Jeff Warren, who I had the opportunity to serve with uh, for five and a half years, and then from Leroy Armstrong, who I also had the opportunity to serve with for three years. And uh, we're going to get to see them open God's Word to share a few stories from the past on how God has made disciples in the next generation and then encourage us forward. And we really will. It's not just looking back. We're going to look forward. We believe God has, if Christ didn't come back, we're going to have more than 150 years of future right disciple-making uh, in the
0: next generation, and so we're looking forward to, to talking. I was actually pulling clips and uh, found a clip of Jeff, and he said it well, that the we're standing on the shoulders of those that went ahead, looking ahead at what's to come, and that's kind of what we're going to spend. And then that last weekend, September 10th, September 11th, we've got a couple events planned for you. There's a serve opportunity in the morning, and... Sam talked about that, but we need your ideas on what we're doing that morning. Yes. Uh, we have a couple already mapped out, but would love more. Um, and then that. And if you have ideas, we, we have we have serve projects already set up, but if you
1: have ideas to serve a neighbor, missions at firstmckinney.com to send an email to us letting us know, hey, my neighbor needs this, here's something we could do in the park in my community. We want to love our neighbors well. Our church has done that for 150 years. That's a great way for us to celebrate.
0: And then we've sent invitations to all of our old staff, uh, anyone who's served here, and you're welcome to on September 10th that evening. We're we're going to serve in the morning, then that evening we're going to have a old-fashioned family reunion out on the lawn by the children's building and have some barbecue, have lots of different stuff kind of rekindle some of those friendships from past staff, from, uh, past people who went here, all that, and kind of, and then the next morning, it's a different Sunday. We're going to have three different services, uh, and no life groups on those Sundays. And then following that, we get right back into Romans, dive right back in using the, the deeper dive, uh, method. I can't do the math right now, but I think September 18th, uh, we're back into Romans. So as Sam said, you can look ahead. We'll still always take questions in this time. And, uh, you just look for us on the podcast. Uh, we'll try to get some, maybe some old staff members or something like that. We're running through some ideas of how we can podcast this over the next few weeks. And then we'll be back in a few weeks to look at Romans. Uh, September 18th something like that is when is that Sunday and if i'm wrong just look at google and and it'll correct me. So, uh i'll give you the final word as we wrap up kind of this part of Romans, Romans 12. Today we were in 14 through 21. Again, like, share all those kind of things, but Sam, why don't you take us out? Hey Church, I love y'all. I'm just super excited
1: about the fall, and I love even the questions that you're asking, because we must stand against the enemy, right? We stand against our adversary, Satan, who's going to try to attack, and we stand at the same time. We love our enemies, and so how does those things go together? That's the big question that Christians must be asking in this time. So I love you, praying for you, and excited for what's ahead.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.